right behind me is one of the oldest monasteries, or the oldest, I'm told, in all of Russia and Ukraine. I'm told that the monks in the very beginning dug holes in the earth, created caves and caverns, and that's where most of them lived. After time, many of them died, but because of the climactic conditions of the cave, their bodies were preserved. As people found them, they said, ah, they must be holy men because their bodies are preserved. And today we can find their mummified remains right on those spots. We just arrived here today. Well, where did we arrive? We arrived in Kiev, as the people in this area call it, but I call it Kiev. It's a huge city, three million official population, but I'm told there's about six million that live here because most of those are illegal. But it is a great city, and we're going to check more of it out. The introduction of Christianity to Kiev came in 988 with the conversion of Vladimir I. Christianity existed in Kiev before his conversion. However, Vladimir was a pagan with seven wives and is said to have participated in human sacrifice. But in 987, in exchange for the hand of Anne in marriage, the sister of Basil II, Vladimir agreed to become a Christian. And in 988, he ordered the Christian conversion of Kiev, and the idols were cast into the Dnieper River. She's absolutely colossal, and she towers over all the city. 96 meters high, or over 300 feet. She's phenomenal. She was built by Brezhnev to commemorate the war, World War II. The bell tower behind me is 96 meters high. That's the same height as the World War II memorial that Brezhnev built that overlooks all of the harbor. They were told they could not build it any higher than that or the Orthodox Church would get very, very upset. So it remained the identical height of the tower. On the banks of the river in Kiev and Mount Berestov, where we find the monastery of Pechersk Lavra, the center of Eastern Orthodoxy. Saint Anthony, who had settled in the old cave on the side of Mount Berestov, founded this monastery in 1071. The word Pechera means cave. The word Lavra is used to describe high-ranking monasteries for monks of the Eastern Orthodox Church. This monastery in Kiev is where the Ukrainian Orthodox Church was founded and is its current headquarters. The ground here is all limestone. 
it's the perfect place to carve out caves. The cave dwellers were actually the first monks here. They lived in the caves for maybe hundreds of years, but then they got tired of living there, and so they began building this monastery. It's a spectacular place. This is one of the main entrances to it. Many people call this the Mecca of the Ukraine. Others call it the New Jerusalem. Some, even the Vatican. He was a professional photographer who fell in love with his work. But when he fell in love with Jesus Christ, something changed. We'll be right back. As you can see, AWR is frontline mission radio. Our first priority is to travel where missionaries cannot go. We broadcast thousands of hours each day in 70 major languages of the world. AWR has the capability and capacity of blanketing almost 80% of the world's population. Not only do we broadcast via shortwave radio, but our signal is on over 1,000 FM and AM stations around the world as well. Our podcast subscribers, internet users, satellite downlinks are growing rapidly, evidenced by the 100,000 plus emails, letters, and phone calls we receive each and every year. Yes, AWR is your mission radio. No walls and no borders. For AWR, that means change lives and change hearts around the world because God is using the airwaves of AWR to reach people everywhere. Vladimir, thank you for coming to the gorgeous location today. I gladly did this because I've been waiting to talk about how I became an Adventist. I am very happy that I'm an Adventist. I understand that this is where you worked for many years as a photographer. Yes. Yes, I did work here as a photographer for about 10 years. It's an absolutely spectacular location. Tell me more, what, what were some of the privileges and the beauty that you photographed? I took pictures of church services, statues, and I took pictures of people who graduated from our Bible school. This was my job. So you were the, virtually it sounds like the number one professional photographer for this location. I'm not sure about being the number one, but I do love my job and I try to do my best in it. Tell me, what was one of your most memorable occasions, some of your most memorable photographs? I had a lot of interesting jobs, but I think the most memorable one was a full album of Metropolis Vladimir. It took a lot of time, and it was the most challenging one yet. One location, but a thousand-year-old monastery. You spent 10 years here did you ever run out of work? Did you ever run out of things to photograph? Yes, because there is a lot of different jobs. We took a lot of pictures in caves and made a lot of albums. 
that were challenging and took time. So yes, there was always work. So you've done the photography for the, uh, the, the mummies, I don't know how you refer to them, but the mummies um, in the caves? Yes, different pictures, documentary pictures of mummies, lots of different pictures like that, describing the life here. How does it feel to, I haven't been there, how does it feel to go down in these caves and and uh, see all the different mummies and then photograph them in just the right light? I, I'm just interested in that. This was a totally different life. I tried to work on these pictures with passion. Even though it was hard to understand the life of these mummies, I tried my best to have good quality pictures for those who are going to be looking at them. I just had to take these pictures with passion. Would you show me around some of the areas that you used to photograph? Let's do it. In the 9th century, Greek missionaries from Byzantium introduced Christianity to the East Slavic state. St. Anthony of Kiev began his life as a monk on Mount Athos in Greece. In 1051, the abbot gave Anthony the job of expanding monasticism in his native Kiev. When St. Anthony returned to Kiev, he found a small cave where he lived the life of a monk, eating only rye bread and drinking only water. He soon developed a following, and soon after a full monastery was founded. As the monastery grew, space became an issue, and they requested the land on the hill above the caves. Here in 1073, St. Anthony blessed the foundation of the new church, but did not live to see it completed. He died later in the same year. It was requested that his remains be hidden away forever and is said to be buried in the cave beneath the church. However, no relics have ever been found. Today in the caves beneath the monastery, there are 79 burials whose remains are mummified. Among those buried is Nestor the Chronicler who is well known in Kiev and was canonized as a saint by the Russian Orthodox Church. It was here that Nestor helped compile the earliest surviving chronicle of the East Slavic state. Now before you were a photographer, what did you do? I was an athletic coach but photography has been my hobby since I was 15 years of age. Sports, what kind of sports? I was a runner. I was an 800-meter runner. Were you good? I was a runner who represented the country. I was on the national youth team of Ukraine. What were, if I can ask, what was your religion uh, during those years? No. Nothing. At heart, I was a believer. I believed that there was a God. I was always looking for God. 
I was always too shy to talk about it to my friends and co-workers. That's interesting. So you didn't show it outward at all, but you, in your heart you knew there was a God. Yes, I was always a believer. I don't ever remember being in doubt about it. Did you ever go to church? I started attending the Orthodox Church when I became a photographer here. This was in 1991 that I was attending the Orthodox Church here in the territory of Lavra. So you did both. You photographed here and you worshipped here then? Yes. Yes. I can see that it would draw you. When I went inside to, to look at the, the beauty and, and the artwork, it just, it's exciting. Yes, that's the way it was. I did enjoy it, but when I started reading the Bible and started listening to the voice of hope, I started realizing that there were things wrong with this church. So I started looking for a different church. You said one of the things is you noticed they didn't live like the Bible says. What do you mean? When I was reading the Gospel of John, I read that there needs to be true love between people. And I noticed more of a ritual ceremony far from a more loving spiritual life. So then I started looking for a new church. During this time you were searching then, and it sounds like at some point you found the AWR program. Talk to me about the moment in that searching that you actually found the program. It was on Sunday when I was listening to our radio station, and I was wondering what kind of church I heard over this station. Later I heard that it was an Adventist church of the seventh day. And that's how I heard of our church. And I became very interested in the church because the church was very direct and brought up questions and answers that I have never heard of. Many streets are cobblestone streets. These are cobble boulder streets. They're, they're huge. They look very ancient. Behind me is a tremendous old iron gate, flying buttress construction. Everywhere you turn, there's history. History, history, history. This pathway actually leads to the Church of the Ascendants. I'm told that this is one of the most sacred places in all of Orthodox Christendom. Pilgrims come from as far away as Siberia to come here. Siberia is, what is it, 12 time zones away. Couldn't you imagine walking? They don't drive, they didn't fly, they walked. 
12 time zones to come and bow down here in this sacred location. The Cathedral of the Ascension, part of the monastery complex, is built with the traditional architecture of the Orthodox Church. One of the earliest examples of church architecture is the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul. It has a centralized dome surrounded by four cupolas. In Eastern Orthodox churches, these are topped by onion-shaped domes. The evolution of the domes from the original shape, as it is seen in the Hagia Sophia, it is said, was because of the need to keep snow from piling up on the domes. The onion shape allows the snow to slide off without causing damage. I'm told that the communists tore this whole place down some time ago, but about three years ago they rebuilt this portion. It is absolutely beautiful. You can see the gold leaf, you can see the frescoes, the icons. It is truly something to behold. Jesus came to the River Jordan to be baptized by John, not because he needed it, but for an example for you and for me. In this fresco on the side of the church, however, we see John sprinkling Jesus, not the way because the Bible said that Jesus came up out of the water, signifying the manner in which he was baptized. Still, it's a beautiful painting on the side of a beautiful church. It is truly a beautiful church, but this is about the only piece left. Understand some of this is over 900 years old. The architecture of the Orthodox Church is an important part of worship. Orthodox churches are designed in imitation of heaven. The internal layout consists of three main parts, the narthex, nave, and altar, similar to the tabernacle with outer court, holy place, and most holy place. Only the clergy are allowed in the altar room. There are times when you can't watch television. The Voice of Hope radio broadcast is a wonderful alternative. You will discover topics on healthful living, family matters, and spiritual subjects too. Depending on your location, Voice of Hope can be heard on FM or shortwave radio. For frequencies and airing schedules in your area, visit the website on your screen. One of the favorite things people like about AWR is its stories. We have stories from all over the world. 
Some of them involve danger. Many of them involve miracles of God, but certainly all of them involve the miracle of changed lives. I've written a little book of some of the favorite stories in the face of death. Another, radios given by angels, coming to Christ in a Muslim country. These and many other stories it's simple. Just log on to www.awr.org storybook and you can download your free PDF version of stories from places where missionaries cannot go. Do it now so you and your family can immediately enjoy these incredible testimonies of changed lives from around the world. So don't wait. Log on now to www.awr.org storybook. Omar wanted to learn more about God. He had an emptiness in his soul and could not make sense of the troubles and problems in this world. One day, he listened to the Voice of Hope radio program, where he found insight, understanding, and hope. You can too. For FM and shortwave broadcast information, visit the website on your screen. I'm always interested in that moment that, that you're searching and searching and all of a sudden, somehow, as you hear God's word, how you say, that's it. How, did, how in that moment did you say, that's it, that's what I've been searching for? Еще раньше, когда я читал Библию, и я в исходе 20 глава, 4 Earlier in my life, when I was reading the Bible, I read about Saturday, and I asked myself, why are we celebrating Sunday? And this question started to bug me. God wrote in the Bible talking about Saturday, and I wanted to know why the Orthodox Church was celebrating Sunday. This was another reason why I started looking for a new church, where they might be talking about celebrating Saturday. I had another important question. I was working with photography. I noticed that I was dealing with idols. And I know that the Bible talks about staying away. So I felt like I was doing something wrong. So all of a sudden you find yourself in a in a problem. You're you're doing this but you're saying this is not right. What what'd you do? People say Plato is my friend, but faith is by far more valuable. I chose faith. So did you quit your job then? I left my job and I left my church. So God was more important to you than your job? Yes. And what did God do for you? Because you sacrificed your job, your income. Tell me what God has done for you because I know God has done something for you. Я очень благодарен Господу, потому что Господь те испытания, которые мне допустил, они мне пошли во благо. I am very thankful to God because everything I left, God gave back in return. Everything that I have and own today is because of God. 
I am very thankful to God. So now you've become one of those people that you read about in the Gospel of John. Yes, I am a very happy person because I have a lot of brothers and sisters who I love and who love me in return. I can't see my life without my church. This is my home. I'm very comfortable where I am today. It's very realistic and it's my life. What would have happened had you never found AWR? I had this period in my life where I was looking for a church. And when I realized that I found a church I didn't believe in, I told myself that if I don't find the right one, I won't go at all. Unless I find the church that does what the Word of God says. I am very thankful to God for giving us this invitation to this church through the radio. For those that are listening to us, I want you to open your hearts to God and to live the way He wants us to live, to live like Jesus did, to follow His commandments from the first to the last. God will bless you and will make you very happy. I am very thankful. The radio waves washed over your heart and changed your life. Do you share Jesus Christ now with others? Of course, this is the goal of my life. I record a lot of preaching and I give CDs to my co-workers as a gift. They accept these CDs and I hand out calendars that have the radio station's schedule written on them. They accept that as well. It's amazing to see. I'm very thankful to God that we have this radio station. And it's amazing to see how interesting it is while putting out the Word of God. Thank God for this. Have there been others that you've been directly influential in their baptism? Yes, I have a friend who attended university with me. We were both studying in the radio physics department. We were very close at school. I always gave him literature to read. And he ended up getting baptized and is now an Adventist. So the radio waves continue on out through hearts of other people? Of course, that's a must. One prolific writer has said that the greatest want of the world is the want of men. Men who will be true and honest. Men who will stand for the right though the heavens fall. That's the kind of people we need to be. Won't you make it your determination to be that kind of person? To make sure that your actions and your belief are together. You've seen the results of the work of Adventist World Radio in the life of Vladimir. Won't you make it your goal also to support this work of radio ministry?
You have seen God is touching hearts and lives everywhere in the world for Jesus Christ. If you'd like to partner with this incredible ministry, give us a call, 1-866-503-3531. Or you can write us at 12501 Old Columbia Pike, Silver Spring, Maryland, 20904. Or you can log on to www.awr.org. And thank you for watching. Please join us again for another exciting gospel adventure because around the world, AWR is making waves.